Let's go, girls. From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up with Beck and Franklin is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they've always dreamed of. Why live in black and white when you can choose the brilliance of 3D and Technicolor? Each week, Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin and their high-powered guests will be here to cheer you on, to share their challenges, their successes, and what they've learned along the way. It's all about women supporting women. The stories and practical tips on sex, beauty, money, and so much more are designed to help you reconnect to the powerful woman you are. Fabulous knows no limits. Now it's time for you to expand your boundaries. Here are Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Hey ladies, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here with Linda Franklin and this is Powered Up Talk Radio and we've got a great show today, Linda. This is, oh my gosh, I think it's the sixth show in our spirituality series and today we're going to talk a little bit more about healing. We're going to talk to a veteran caregiver uh, and talk about what she does uh, with her spiritual practice, with her company, with respect to taking care of those who are ill or struggling and then we're going to go on to uh, author Sarah Chetkin who wrote a great book about uh, how she used her spirituality to heal herself. So I'm really excited, Linda. I wish I was sick this week so I could heal myself in the air. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you're always excited, so I, I am happy for that. <laughs> I do. <laughs> you know, after, you, know, you know, it's only 3 o'clock um, California time. New York, it's, it's 6 o'clock. I've been up since 5 o'clock, so I, I use your enthusiasm and your vibrancy to, to wake up and, and bring all new things to the show. <laughs> I'm so glad. But I really, truly do, Linda. I get so excited because for two reasons. One, you know, there's no greater joy than being on the air with your friend. Like, I feel like we get a good girlfriend chat in. We get to spend time together. I mean, and to be able to do it on the air is just super fun because someday when we're old in wheelchairs in a nursing home, we can listen to these shows and just laugh. Um, But number two, it's really fun to meet these cool people. I was thinking about this week. um, I was looking through some of our show logs and thinking about, like, we've learned about color therapy um, with Patty Conklin. We learned about the afterlife with Dr. Atwater. We've got abundance flowing right and left. I'm just, it's a, it's a monsoon over here uh, after Dr. <laughs> Gall- <laughs> Dr. Gallenberger stuff. And I have to tell you something really funny, Linda, then I'll stop blabbing on, but I've just had a really good day. Um, Dr. Gallenberger has those CDs, Liquid Luck and Abundance yeah. Waterfall, which, yeah. you know, I've been listening to and I, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Linda. I'm cutting you off. No, no, no. I just said I, I have listened to them, too, but certainly not at the consistency that you have. So um, I think it's uh, being repetitive and listening to them every day that really works. It does. It does. And I'm knocking out of the park with so many things in my life. Um, three dates this weekend. I mean, just, you know, unbelievable fun, abundance in men, abundance in money, abundance in happiness, abundance in health. And, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm hypnotizable. I'll go up and squawk like a chicken, but this thing's working for me. And, um, the whole reason that I bring this up is because I called Dr. Gallagher to tell him like what amazing results I've had. I hope you didn't call him Dr. Gallagher. Or, yeah, sorry, Dr. Gallenberger. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Dr. Gallenberger. Right. Um, 
But I didn't reach him. I left a message. And so the other day he called me back and I had like 15 messages to go through on my phone and I'm listening to it. And now after listening to him in the morning and listening to him at bedtime for a half an hour, I've spent probably more time with him than his wife. He's like, (laughs) Hello, Sandra. This is Dr. Gallenberger. (laughs) He had that same voice that he has on the tape. And I found myself, I sat down in the back of my chair. I put my hands, I got so zen just listening to his return voice message. It's the, the brain is just an amazing thing. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. No, I'm so thrilled that it's, it's working for you. Um, I promised myself I was going to do it this weekend and I didn't, um, but, you know, it's sitting there, my, my uh, CD player is sitting there by my bedside, and I do have the tapes in it, so I, I'll, I will get back to it. But I have been really feeling very, um, well, not zen, but kind of calm, which is very, very good for me, especially when there's so much going on um, at the same time. And it was really interesting because I think that the best thing to show what can happen is when a friend gets like really stressed out and is to the cracking point and you say oh my god this woman is going to have a nervous breakdown i'm so glad it's not me because you're not talking about me are you (laughs) no 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 um but it's just um and i witnessed it and then uh, we had a conversation and then a million emails went by and she and sh- I could see that she was just, you know, she just wasn't focusing. She wasn't in a good place. And you know what? All of these emails came, 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 questions, questions, this, that, book, book, book. I just didn't even answer them because yeah. that's how Zen I was because I didn't want to be in her bad energy flow. Well, you know, Linda, that's so, that's, first of all, that's so wise and so smart, but I have to share with you, I've had to do that thing with my ex, you know, my ex gets all tweaked about, like he's all tweaked about stuff that happened with our kids in August. And I'm looking at the calendar going, it's November. Get over it. I can't remember what I ate yesterday, much less what packet was turned into the school in August. And, all, all, all. and you know, and it's just, there's so much negative energy. And the old sand would have rolled up her sleeves, ready for battle or jumped in and solved the problem. I just was like, oh, whatever. I didn't even answer. And I wasn't well, being rude. But isn't but that it's wonderful? Like, it's so great to just walk away. I just, you know, that's what I just want all our listeners, all of our wonderful women to, to just get that is that we have a choice to get really ensnarled in somebody else's mess when we and we have the choice not to so why would we want to and i just you know i'm like you before i would have get all i would get all bent out of shape and emails back and forth too and just exacerbate an already crazy situation and now i just say i'm walking away i'm walking away from it it's her issue she'll fix it and I don't have to be involved. I love that. That's, that's amazing. The, well, that that is, I mean, if we can just get that lesson out there for, the, for these Spiritual Tuesdays, I mean, it's just a wonderful, wonderful lesson just to be in your own place and not let the outside world really come in and, and crap it up. 
<laughs> that's right. Well, that's the thing, you know, what I, you know, it's so interesting. And I don't know if it's a function of getting older or, you know, global warming or, you know, this big shift that the global shift is going through. But I realized like there's so many things that I could truly care less about. Like when you, when you just step back and I go, does it really matter that you think I'm a jerk? Does it really matter that you think I'm a bad mother? Does it really matter? You thought it was my responsibility to go take this stupid packet to school. You know, I, I think if you slow down and I think that's what meditation and, and, you know, this spiritual study that we're doing kind of like this online internet radio study of spirituality, I guess what's come across to me, Linda, so loud and clear from all these different specialists, whether it's the near-death specialist or the color therapy lady or the, you know, liquid luck guy um, or the Rasha, you know, the thing is that all this stuff is just so little and it's our human nature that just blows it into the apocalypse. Yes, absolutely. No, well, you know, we talked about this before, I think in our first show is that if you look at everything that's happening, like a movie, and not get so dragged into it, life is so much sweeter. It is. And it's just easier, you know, and I wonder if this is what it means, like, and this is just an awful way to put it. But if you're dumb and unsuccessful and, and on drugs, you don't even feel any of these things. You don't think about these no, things. But, you don't, but I don't want to get themselves all tweaked. No, I don't want to be dumb and I don't want to be on drugs. Um, but I do, you know, I do want to be conscious of, of what I'm doing and what's going on in my in my body and in my mind and in my spirit, because that's all that counts, bottom line. You know, and then if we are in that place, um, when things happen and things are always going to happen to, you know, to offset the balance, but hopefully we will then be able to put things back into a, a perspective and get our balance back rather than just go really off the deep edge. Yeah, because, you know, it's interesting. You know, I I look at, you know, like my MBA training and my my business school stuff, and I taught this crap at USC, and, you know, everything was about problem solving. You've got to solve the problems. Problem, 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 solve, 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 feel good about solving, 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 get involved, make the world a better place. Yeah. Now, all those things are good in moderation, but I think, you know, somewhere maybe in the 80s, we got way off track on, you know, what is our responsibility and what is others, you know, kind of with the whole free spirit, we're free, we're free, we're free. We've lost a lot of the those boundaries that, you know, when I was growing up, you didn't confront people about their religion. You didn't confront them. And I know there's good and bad in all this, but I know I personally got whacked out going, trying to solve way too many problems, getting way too involved in everything. And that's my own fault. You know, nobody yeah. made me do that. No, I mean, I'm a fixer. I always wanted to fix everything and fix everybody. And, you know, come listen, I, you know, I'll make it better for you. And I'm just not doing that anymore because I got enough i got another stuff fixing me. I don't have to go out and fix the world. You can just get it, put it out there and then let it go. Um, as Rasha said, I mean, she's a wonderful teacher, but you don't have to. It's just you, you, you show by example. I think that that's the best thing. If you are in that wonderful place, if you're emitting this calm, peaceful, healing energy, you don't have to say a word. People get it. They do. They do. And, you know, I was trying this on my 11 year old because he's got a lot of um, my ex-husband in him with so, with so much like energy, anxiety, and I, I'm going to get this. I gotta, uh, and then, you know, lately I've been doing my little baby Buddha thing where I just sit there very calmly and he's like, why are you sitting there so calmly? 
calmly, why are you yelling? And I'm like, well, why are you yelling? He goes, this is a fight, mom. Don't you get it? You're supposed to yell. That's what he told me. <laughs> and I said, well, you know, yelling doesn't really solve anything, hon. Maybe we could try calm down and talk about it. And I said, why don't you go run around the house a few times, then come back in and we'll talk. And it was really funny, but it was a very different parenting experience than me battling back. Um, you know what? We, I'm sorry. I blabbed the whole time, Linda. I ate up the whole first segment. Um, we are going to go to commercial break. This is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with my very good friend, Linda Franklin, and co-host in New York City and from New York to Los Angeles. We've got you covered, and we are going to bring on another New Yorker, Linda. We're going to bring on Linda Crater of Veteran Caregivers, and we're going to talk about spirituality with respect to caretaking of others. So you're not going to want to miss this when you get back to the break, because anybody who has a kid, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a parent, a child, you name it, you're taking care of somebody, even your dog. We've got lots more Powered Up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. Spark Your Soul Radio with Ann Phyllis. Perspectives with purpose, insights with heart. The WooHoo Radio Network show for spiritual seekers and fire starters who are ready to stop feeling lost, alone, confused, or blocked and start tuning into your soul speak so you can ignite all areas of your world. From your work to your relationships, lifestyle to legacy. Host Ann Phyllis is a spiritual analyst, fire starter, energy alchemist, and soul truth clairvoyant. Using the heart and purpose-based principles of her signature Soul Sense system, Anne offers weekly wisdom for tuning in, letting go, unlocking, and unblocking. If you've been walking through life with excess baggage, a heavy heart, a feeling of disconnection from your inner life, consider Anne your guide to spark your soul journey and reignite your relationships, life, purpose, work, and spiritual consciousness. Every week on Spark Your Soul Radio, Anne takes you on a journey into the heart of your soul sense. There, she helps translate your energy, essence, and soul truth knowing into positive action and change. From this space of personal awakening and transformation, you're able to reignite your spirit, spark your soul, and live in alignment with your vision and values. Ready to spark your soul? Check out past shows by clicking on the podcast player. Got a question for Anne? Want to be a guest on her show? Visit sparkyoursoul.me and listen to Anne every Thursday at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. If you could live your life truly standing in a place of peace, joy, and abundance, wouldn't that make your heart soar? Now you can with Lessons in Joyful Living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi, Mondays at noon Central. Kimberly Rinaldi, having created a highly successful coaching practice, now teaches lessons in joyful living. She believes in empowering others and that through it, you have the ability to break through any and all barriers, thus allowing you to reach your greatest potential and joyfully step into your life's purpose. What used to take weeks, months, or even years, she can now teach you in a matter of hours with her programs. For more on Kim and her show, go to her website, KimberlyRinaldi.com. That's R-I-N-A-L-D-I dot com. Then join us for Lessons in Joyful Living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. Hey, 
we're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin, and this is part of our Soul Search Tuesdays, and we are bringing on a very interesting guest from an interesting perspective. When we talk a lot on our show, uh, Linda, about healing, we've been talking about healing ourselves, but what happens when we have to become the caretaker? Now, you had Lucy in the the puppy hospital or whatever, wasn't it a couple weeks ago? Wasn't she really sick? Yes. Uh, yes, she was. She had a lung infection, so yes, she was there for for a couple of days, and um, I was I was a mess while she was in there. Absolutely, we get you know whether it's for our pets, whether it's for our kids. I know I get all tweaked with my dad being sick, or you know they both were sharing. My eight year old, my eight year old were sharing the same peanut butter jar and the spoon, and I was like, oh my god, it's like Ebola transfer right here in my living room. Um, but. It's really important to take care of yourself spiritually, and and we're going to welcome Linda Crater on because she has such great experience with caregiving. And Linda, I'm going to ask you. Oh my God, it's stereo. Linda's Linda Franklin and Linda Crater. Linda Crater, <laughs> would you please explain to our listeners a little bit about your background with respect to understanding the nature of caregiving? I would be delighted to, and thanks for having me on the show this evening. I am. The founder and I run a program called VeteranCaregiver.com. Years ago when I was working with Wounded Warrior programs and the injured among our military, the wounded, ill, and injured, it was very noticeable that though the service member was being looked after very well, that the family was not. And when the family, and I'm not saying they did that maliciously, certainly not, but they did find out that when you support the caregiver, your medical outcomes were better and everyone was in better shape spiritually, um, healed faster, and there were fewer hospital days. I mean, it goes on and on. Even children were positively affected by their caregivers getting support. And so I work with the caregivers of the wounded, ill, and injured, a lot of peer and advocacy work, and so they don't feel quite so alone. And, and that's a very critical piece of what we do. I have a question for you, Linda. You know, I'm, um, I don't have any children. So my husband and my, my puppy are my children, but I am very like, I watch them like hawks and I worry that something, you know, will happen, could happen. You know, my husband isn't eating right. Or my dog is, is, is not eating at all. Or, I mean, and it, you can really drive yourself crazy thinking of all the what ifs. How do you get someone not to think about the what ifs and just, you know, just be in there as support without making you crazy? That's an excellent question, because I think when someone is first confronted with taking care of someone who has been recently wounded, ill, or, or become injured, they think of the worst possible case scenarios. And in some cases, we are looking at 20, 30, 40 years of caregiving in front of you. But if you look at it that way, it's very defeatist. So most times people think, well, I need a to-do list. But I often tell them it's creating a list of what you're not going to do. So do not uh, engage in those that are negative to you. Do engage in learning about the conditions. Prioritize managing the good and minimizing the negative. Now that sounds very easy. It is not, and it is a conscious effort to embrace the positive. I also find that those that have a faith foundation of any sort 
really do thrive when they focus on gratitude. And the best part of all, peer support has been known to help everybody in every aspect of, of living. So if spouses are talking to spouses, if caregivers talk to caregivers, vets talk to vets, active duty talk to active duty, you just find some wonderful um, communication skills, uh, some commonalities. And most of all, when you help someone else, you end up helping yourself. So instead of focusing on all of the what ifs, we deal in the now. And sometimes that may mean for those in the most critical moments, take it 15 minutes at a time. I have literally sat on the phone with someone and said, all right, what will happen in the next 15 minutes? Can you take time to be, be still? Um, we often tell people to know themselves. So in order to, to engage in the healthy habit that will help you, is that better to be with a group of people and to laugh? Is it to be in a group or is it to be in nature, um, sitting quietly in, in under a tree or, or by a river or a creek. Find what works for you. And a lot of times they can't leave the home. So what does help you? Does music help? Um, meditation, yoga, all those alternative therapies. You know, there really is a lot you can do to create a, a happiness habit, if you will. You will not always be happy. But those of us, and, and Sandra, I think you and I have spoken about this, who have been through some real trials and tribulations, sometimes you find yourself laughing through the tears. And if you can always find that joyful moment, you really are doing something healing right then and there for yourself. So to sum it up, gratitude, happiness habit, prioritize what's good, and, and really do remove yourself or go arm's length with the things that are toxic or unnecessarily dramatic in your life because it's the ups and downs that wear you out. It is. It isn't. And I love how you talked about, um, about like, you know, finding like, you know, your thing, like, you know, some people thought I was horrifying at my mom's funeral because <laughs> I don't know what happened to me. Well, I do know what happened to me. And Linda Franklin can attest this. I'm just silly by nature. And mm -hmm. I was so upset by my mom's casket and I was standing up there with my brothers and sisters and there was like a plastic cross, like, you know, glued on the mm -hmm. top of the casket. And, you know, I'm standing there talking and I'm a fiddle. So I'm fiddling, fiddling, fiddling. Well, then that, that little sucker snapped right off the casket, shot across <laughs> the floor. I had to crawl under the casket to get it. And then when I stood up, I said to my sister, Jill, my sister, Susan, my cousin, Jen, and my brothers, I'm like, now what do I do? And they're like, great, you broke mom's casket. And <laughs> this is the argument we're having over my mom's casket in the funeral parlor. So that I'm like, well, I can't stick it back on. It'll fall off with the pallbearer. So I just shoved it in my purse. And, you know, we had a great laugh. It didn't mean we were not sad and, you know, upset right. over my mom. But it was okay. Like, I think giving yourself permission to, to grieve, like, or deal with some things in your own way, even though, you know, some of my older relatives thought it was horrifying um it was still like that's one of my favorite memories in a very very sad day you know that's an excellent example because that's where you can inject joy laughter something silly i, I think that so often as especially as women we we forget that it's okay to be silly and that those things really are healing and it's fun to laugh and and to make fun of oneself even and to really be together in a way that is is not so heavy all the time, especially at something like a funeral. I fully understand what you're talking about. Another yeah, well, thing, go ahead, Linda. No, I was just going to say another thing that women um, 
don't do, it's, it's fine time to be silly, but they also, for some reason, and I'm gonna figure this out because it, it, we're doing a military study on this, is you know, why women are so hesitant in reaching out for help. You know, I, I, well, it's, I can do it all myself routine all the time and it wears you down. Um, and if you reach out for help, it's surprising what comes back to you. You know, that is an excellent point. And I, I heard a, a little maxim that said, if you always look like you're capable of can carry the box, no one is going to help you. But if someone sees that you may be struggling and they offer, accept the help and don't be afraid to ask for help. We, we often tell caregivers to do that. I mean, there is a reason they tell you to put the oxygen mask on yourself before you help other people. Well, if you can't get the mask on yourself, you need help. So it's very important to be able to ask why we're hesitant, probably because we've been let down in the past. But we have to be careful not to let the past color the future with dark colors. I always say go toward the light and you will find the light. And if you think dark, uh, it, it, it often follows too and is a self-fulfilling prophecy. So I'm a huge believer in thinking that, you know, what is it, um, hoping for the best? But in, in the back of your mind, you're also planning to be accommodating, shall we say, if we need to come up with a contingency plan, because women are great at contingency planning. Well, you know, the other thing that I'm going to say about, like, because I'm one who's, like, not really great about asking for help, um, and I'm just going to put this out there, when, when like, my mom was sick and dying and, you know, there was all sorts of stuff going on, um, I didn't want to ask for, for help. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't even want to acknowledge that it existed, and I could pretend it wasn't happening as long as nobody was like helping me. And I think there's a big part of that in some women that if we can avoid it, if we don't have to deal with it, we just do it ourselves. And then it really didn't happen. Agreed. I mean, I think that is why when we first talk to caregivers, first of all, they're overwhelmed. Second of all, they're in denial because they had accepted in their minds that maybe they would lose their family member. But so many do not consider injury. And, and even the term silver star family is not well known. That means injured. And you hear blue star, you hear gold star, but you seldom hear silver star. So I, I think you're absolutely right. Asking for help is something that we need to do. And, and we will be pleasantly surprised by how much people want to help. I, I, one little moment I will share with you is that so often we hear about this great divide between the 1% who serve and the 99% that do not serve. And I always proffer that, no, if you only knew how much people want to help. They just don't know how to help. Right. So if you can make yourself ask or, or find, can you run an errand? Can you pick up a prescription? Can you do other things? You're really helping them and you're bridging that civ civilian military divide because people really at heart are good. And, and I will always choose to believe that over the alternative. All right, girls, i got to take us to commercial break. We've been visiting with Linda Crater, a veteran caregiver. We're going to have you back on later in the uh, new season next year. So I want to thank you for coming on today, Linda. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk to Sarah Chetkin. And she is someone who has uh, suffered uh, tremendously with uh, an, an illness and has rebounded and corrected what she could and wrote a book about it. So I'm really excited to uh, talk 
talk to her, Linda, after the break. I want to thank Linda Crater for being here. And when you come back, you're going to be uplifted, amazed, and wonderful. After these messages, this is for all you girls about 42. Tossing pennies into the fountain of youth. In today's business world, a helping hand or invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central. Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Jirasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward with tips, tools, and advice and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on Doginet.com. Everybody, everybody. Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors, all quilters just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com slash radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's some more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. This is for all you girls about. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin, and we just visited with Linda Crater from Veteran Caregivers. And for those of you that missed the first half of the show, uh, check us out on PoweredUpTalkRadio.com. You can find us on iTunes under PoweredUpTalkRadio.com. You can also listen to us on our host station out of Texas, Toginet Radio. That's T-O-G-I-N-E-T.com radio. Linda, I thought that was really helpful advice, didn't you? Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, That lady knows what she's talking about. And um, if we just focus on the good, so much more than we focus on what isn't so good, I think it it changes everything. It not only changes your demeanor, but the demeanor of the person that you're taking care of, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Now we're going to shift over a little bit to talk to uh, Sarah Chetkin right now. And what I like about her most already, Linda, is she's like 30 minutes from my hometown. I can't imagine why all these people are circling around that keep coming up from my hometown, but we found another one and she came through a publicist. So it wasn't, uh, it wasn't uh, like anything. So we have, uh, a, a, a Buffalonian, a Buffalonian and a New Yorker all on the show today. I always find that interesting. And a former Torontonian. 
That's true. You're a former Toronto <laughs> So uh, Sarah Chetkin wrote this great book called The Healing Curve. And um, it's a journey, journey of self-discovery. And um, she's experienced illness. And she used that as an opportunity to deepen the understanding of herself and the world. And she's going to share with us today some of the things she learned uh, this uh, through this writing process. Her book is available on Amazon. It's called The Healing Curve, A Catalyst to consciousness. I just love that because it's like Scrabble on the book cover. Sarah, it's nice to meet you. Hi, thank you. It's nice to meet you too. So I would like you to introduce yourself to our guests and talk a little bit about this journey that led you to where you are today. And you have a two-year-old, right? Yes. Oh, good. I hope that he or she is going to make some noise during the show because it always makes me laugh. (laughs) Well, he's in the other room. I hope he doesn't make any noise. (laughs) Okay. So tell us a little bit about your your illness and, and your experiences and what led you to write the book, The Healing Curve. Sure. Um, when I was 15, I was diagnosed with a severe scoliosis, and I, <clears throat> I began the healing journey pretty much in that moment because we... My, you know, I grew up in a very spiritual family. My mother, as well as myself, we were Rohan therapists, which I talk about in the Healing Curve. And now, what is that? What is that for people? It's a kind of, it's a kind of uh, therapy that helps you to go back into your into your life and look at key moments where you made decisions about yourself and about your, you know, about the world. When you make these key decisions. They, of course, they influence your belief systems and your perspective. So from that moment on, you start to make decisions based on, you know, choices in your life based on these belief systems. And because usually the the experiences are painful, we kind of push them away. We don't want to look at that aspect of ourselves anymore. So these belief systems become unconscious and then we're making choices, but our, the information we're using, we, we aren't aware of the, the perspective or the lens that we're using to make those choices. So we go through our lives unconsciously, and then we wonder, how did I get into this situation? How did this happen? Why am I, you know, why am I struggling in this area of my life? And in Rohan, you can go back and find those key moments and shift your perspective, see the event from a more global perspective, and then heal whatever decision it is that you made, whatever thought it might be a good example is I'm unworthy or, you know, I'm unlovable or I'll never find love or no one appreciates me. So you can see how if you have a belief like that in your, you know, in your unconscious, then every decision you make is starting to, is always looking to prove that truth to yourself. And then of course you find situations in your life that do prove it. So as you do that, it becomes a vicious cycle where your belief system manifests in the outer world through your choices and then your choices and and the situations you find yourself in reinforce that belief system. So eventually it becomes a, an infallible law for you. I'm unworthy. And then you live your life out with that perspective and that's not necessary. You can heal that. So that's what we do in Rohan. And go ahead. I want to go back to the scoliosis. A lot of people don't know what scoliosis is. Unfortunately, I do because I have a family member that has a severe scoliosis as well. So for our listeners, it's a it's a curvature of the spine that um, that leads to other issues as you get older. So how when you first were diagnosed, I mean, how did you deal with that? And what did you do about it? Well, immediately I did nothing except seek chiropractic care and 
uh, sort of formulate a a plan, I guess, our own sort of treatment plan with that chiropractor. And she was amazing and really encouraging. And, you know, and it's funny because I was just seeing, I have a chiropractor up here now that was in Key West, but up here in Buffalo, I have a chiropractor and she was with an intern today and they were talking about how, you know, you might have scoliosis, but if you do the work and you take care of yourself and you stay healthy, your body can really deal with it. You know, it's, it's not a death sentence or a, or a, a sentence for discomfort and deformity for your life, but you do have to maintain health and, and balance within your body and within your other systems. So I always had that in mind. You know, I always thought I, I'm going to approach this from a holistic perspective and I'm not just going to focus on bones. I'm, I'm going to use every tool I have available to me to, to live with this, to work with it, to become at peace with it. And that included things like Rohan and, and, you know, a spiritual life as well. And the more physical healing I did, the more I realized that you can't do that effectively without also going within and, and doing your own spiritual work, uncovering your own faulty thoughts, your own negative beliefs about your body and, and about yourself, the two have to go hand in hand. That's why I say in the, in the healing curve, true healing, um, reveals the seek you know, reveals the seeker. You reveal yourself, you, you, un, you remove the veil and you really look at yourself honestly in every aspect. And you were so young. Oh, go ahead, Linda. Now, I was just going to say, what has happened with the scoliosis? Is it sort of stabilized? Did it get better? Or um, yeah, it's it's improving. Even now, just in the um, in the last few months, it's uh, you know I had some still some stuff going on with my ribs a little bit. You know they they poked out a little bit in the back, and that's starting mm-hmm. to go. And uh, after my first son, after my first son was born, we had an X-ray done, and they could see that the curvature had aligned itself a little bit more. Pregnancy seems to be this really helpful thing with scoliosis, and I know <laughs> most people don't think of it that way. When I go on um, different forums, before I got pregnant, I was looking on different forums online, looking at moms who you know had scoliosis, and they were complaining all the time of the pain and how much worse it was getting. And I had the complete opposite experience. My my scoliosis actually improved during pregnancy and and stayed that way after giving birth. So, you know, I think you really it really depends on and the person and their approach and their belief systems and how well they take care of themselves and. You know, it's it's an individual path, of course, so I can't speak to anybody else's experiences, but mine have been really positive in that department, so. So what led you to write this book, then? I'm curious. Well, I had done so many travels, and I was journaling all the time through those travels, talking about the different uh, phenomena that I was seeing with these healers and just my own uh, spiritual unfoldment during these journeys and, and just during, you know, just in the course of my regular life, always looking at the Rohan, studying Rohan, receiving Rohan. And, um, you know, one day I was just flipping through all of those things, looking back at my, my life. And I thought it would be a very interesting book. And I just wanted to share a story that didn't end with a miracle healing because sometimes I would feel so disempowered by those books because it was on my own healing journey and I wasn't having any 
drastic changes at the time. You know, I was it was slowly getting better, but it was definitely a um you know, a work in progress. And I wanted to write a book that talked more about the healing itself. What is it like to be searching for healing and going through that journey, you know, on a daily basis? What is the process like? How does that work for a person? And what is it like when you're not getting, sometimes not getting the results that you want and just everything, a really honest book about healing, not so much. I had this incredible near death experience and now my life has changed forever. And I'm just, you know, a totally different person now, which is wonderful, but so many people don't have that experience. More people have this experience that I'm having. So. Right. That, that you've got to adjust and live with it. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, heal over time, not in one night. Right. And learn to, to deal with the difficulties as they arise, because that's the, you know, the true lessons that you learn is, is just going through it. And, you know, hopefully learning for the next time you have to go through something. Right. Now, when you were writing your book, did you, what was your vision for it? Like, were you there? I know you were, you know, you wanted to give people an alternative to the rah, 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 you know, what I call the sitcom healing. You know, we're going to heal everything in 30 minutes like we do on sitcom television. Um, when you look back at, at writing your your book what how did it change you spiritually from when you started to when you started writing it because I'm sure you went through a process I did and you know the first uh the first chapter where I'm sort of introducing the scoliosis and I'm talking about when I when I was actually diagnosed and that one little section took me about three weeks because I would I, I had not gone back to that event yet so that in itself was a big healing. I mean, I would, I would write a few lines. I would start to feel anxious. I would start crying. I, I felt all this fear coming up and I would have to stop and, you know, process all of that and then return to it and write a little more. And it was just, it was, I won't say it wasn't painful. It was difficult to go back though and, and relive all of that. So Hey, Sarah, I'm going to take us to commercial break. Today we are visiting with Sarah Chetkin. This is Powered Up Talk Radio with Linda Franklin and Sandra Beck. And we are visiting with Sarah Chetkin. She is the author of The Healing Curve. You can find her at the .com by the same name. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk a little bit about her writing process. Uh, because as many of our listeners have written in, they've got book ideas. They want to write their own book. Um, with respect to what Sarah has done, she has worked through her illness, through, through her condition. Condition, uh, and wrote very poignantly about it. So when we come back from the break, we're going to hear more from Sarah Chetkin of the healingcurve.com. We've got lots more powered up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. Spark Your Soul Radio with Ann Phyllis. Perspectives with purpose. Insights with heart. The WooHoo Radio Network show for spiritual seekers and fire starters who are ready to stop feeling lost, alone, confused, or blocked and start tuning into your soul speak so you can ignite all areas of your world. From your work to your relationships, lifestyle to legacy. Host Ann Phyllis is a spiritual analyst, fire starter, energy alchemist, and soul truth clairvoyant. Use 
using the heart and purpose-based principles of her signature Soul Sense system and offers weekly wisdom for tuning in, letting go, unlocking, and unblocking. If you've been walking through life with excess baggage, a heavy heart, a feeling of disconnection from your inner life, Consider Anne your guide to spark your soul journey and reignite your relationships, life, purpose, work, and spiritual consciousness. Every week on Spark Your Soul Radio, Anne takes you on a journey into the heart of your soul sense. There, she helps translate your energy, essence, and soul truth knowing into positive action and change. From this space of personal awakening and transformation, you're able to reignite your spirit, spark your soul, and live in alignment with your vision and values. Ready to spark your soul? Check out past shows by clicking on the podcast player. Got a question for Anne? Want to be a guest on her show? Visit sparkyoursoul.me and listen to Anne every Thursday at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. This is Buzz Local Radio. We have these three topics here, and we just added a fourth to start talking about hot dogs. <laughs> yes. Yep, in a band. He's in a band. We both had guitars, so I went over to his house Christmas Day that so day. We had to start a band. And uh, I think we wrote four or five that songs feeling. that afternoon. And Cannibalistic Fish was one of them. Cannibalistic Fish. <laughs> I couldn't do the dreads. My mom would not let me wear my pants backwards Darn. to school either. That was wiggity, 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 wiggity. Yeah. <laughs> Buzz Local Radio. Available for free download on toginet.com. That's T-O-G-I-N-E-T dot com. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin, and this is Powered Up Talk Radio, and we are visiting with Sarah Chetkin, and I have a correction to make. I said that her website was thehealingcurve.com, and I just, <laughs> I got it wrong because it's a boob doctor. It's some breast augmentation reconstruction, but I went on, and I want to thank Dr. Gary Motke for buying The Healing Curve because it is a nonprofit initiative to help women who have beaten breast cancer. So if you went to that site by mistake, nope, we're not advocating breast reconstructions on the show maybe not this week but um it's the healing curve book b-o-o-k.com so sorry about that sarah um hilarious <laughs> so you were talking uh before the break about the emotional journey of writing your book and and digging back into some of those areas um that maybe you hadn't uh, visited for a while in your psyche uh, when writing the book. How did that affect you spiritually? Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Well, I think it healed a big part of my my feelings about the whole the whole condition because that's really I mean that was of course the the first contact I had with it, the first sort of moment of realization that this was that this was a reality for me and I had to deal with it and. You know, even at that moment, being 15, I I didn't really know how to come to terms with that. And, you know, I didn't look for the quick fix of going to the doctor and having a rod put in and saying, okay, I don't have to think about it anymore. I mean, I really wanted to do it naturally. So I don't think I ever had fully, you know, absorbed and processed those emotions from that moment. So that writing that piece gave me that opportunity to really 
go back there, look at that experience and, and heal it and heal that 15 year old who was still, you know, in there in within me fearful. And, and, you know, when you have these little traumatic experiences, those pieces, they stay with you until you have the courage to confront them and, you know, and heal them, reconnect to them. So that was a big healing for me. And I think the entire book, not maybe not with so much intensity, but I was doing that a lot, going back to these experiences and really living them, reliving them and, and putting that into words, you know, putting that on the page. And I think that's why people connect to the book so well, because it's, it's really, I mean, I really just bear myself. I don't hold anything back. It's really like journaling that I, I, I transformed into a book. And the whole process, like you said, of writing the book was an incredible healing journey in itself. And now I notice having finished it and, and doing these interviews and everything, going back and talking about it so much that my whole perspective on healing is, has shifted. You know, I'm not in that frenzied energy of, I, I have to heal this. I have to heal this. I, you know, everything needs to be perfect. I need to get it done. And, and then I'll live my life. I'm not there anymore. I'm, I'm more, okay. I, I have this curvature. It's, it's getting better, but you know, I'm focusing on the spiritual now I'm focusing on the philosophies I've learned. I'm, I'm focusing on working on myself on that level and the physical will follow that or not. It doesn't matter. I'm just, I'm happy with where I'm at and I'm stable and it's a very different energy from when, from when I began the book. So, and I think writing it had a big, was a big part of that shift. When you were 15, you were diagnosed with the scoliosis. Yes. So, um, were there, so when you went back to do your spiritual healing, were you, were you going back prior to the scoliosis, um, in your life? Cause it wasn't a very long life at that point. Uh, or was it from the diagnosis onward? Do you mean with practitioners? No, I meant with your own personal spiritual healing and doing the work about identifying different situations in your life and, and what made you do them to recognize them so you could change them in the future. Oh, well, I entered into those um, sessions and, and that healing work really open-ended just, you know, maybe with the intention of seeing if there were any roots to the scoliosis that I could uncover or... You mean why you, know, you got it in the first place? Right, exactly. But, you know, I've stepped away from that a little bit because now sometimes I think the why isn't so important as, you know, unfolding from where I'm at right now. I mean, if I have the answer, this is something I'm working on right now. So it's, it's not quite, no, it's okay. This is talk radio. It's not solution. It's crystallized radio. It, you know, it hasn't crystallized fully for me yet, but I, <laughs> I question the value of why in my own life, you know, of, of getting that answer because I've been working so hard for the last 17 years focusing on that. And I find that it doesn't really get me where I want to go, you know, more focusing on now and where I'm at now and what belief systems I'm, car systems I'm carrying forward now and how to heal that is more important to me than just saying, well, you know, when I was... I don't even know. I mean, I don't know what, would, what the scenario would be, but I, I, I've kind of given up on the why because I haven't found it yet. And I think with all of the work I've done, I might have stumbled upon it. Okay. <laughs> and I agree with no you. Reason. You know, maybe there's no reason. Maybe it's just 
random and I, you know, I need to approach it from that perspective. I don't know. Listen, if we went through every little situation, every situation in our lives that was kind of a crossroads or a turning point and beat it to death like a dead horse about why, why, if I had done this or this happened or what, we drive yourself crazy. You're right. We have to be in the now moving forward and have, you know, if the things in our life, the way they, the way they unfolded, I believe they came, we made these decisions a long time before we even came into this body. And, and then it was our choice of how we're going to deal with them, but we wanted to have the experience. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I would think for you, Sarah, you know, not to be the, you know, Linda and I are radio shrinks today, but it's <laughs> like, you know what the why is? The why is so you can write that book. Because I agree with you, there are not a lot of books out there that deal with, you know, not getting better without the, you know, like the 30 minute, you know, fix it all, everything, you know, so maybe that is the why. Yeah. And, you know, it's not that there isn't a certain energy in my back, in my spine that I can tap into and I can see, okay, I can pull it apart. I can say there's anger there. There's fear there. You know, you carry energy in your body. Your cells have memory, you know, and when I tap into that, I can certainly work with that. And, and I write in the book about, you know, how every time I would go into a Rohan session, my energy would feel so twisted because I didn't want to look at myself. I didn't want to start that journey of, of unfolding and, and just being more honest about myself from an emotional perspective, from a physical perspective, and, and really getting on that path of acceptance. That, yeah. you know, that's something I worked through. And did it straighten my spine? No. But did it have physical implications? I think it did because I, I don't have any trouble. As severe as the curve is, there's very little complication that comes with that. So I think all of these things together create balance. Okay, I think we're having trouble with the feed. I can hear you, Linda. Can you hear me? I can. I can um, hear. I think. Oh, there we go. Okay, we're all back. I think what you said is very powerful um, because it's so important that we recognize, like you know, when you were saying the thing about like you know, you realized like you know, with the twisting, the twisting of your spine, and you know, you had to twist around. And all I could think of is you might not have straightened your spine out, but you straightened the rest of us uh, out on on a lot of different uh, areas with respect to your book. Because I actually read your book, and I read it cover to cover on a Saturday in front of the fireplace. Like I couldn't just, you know, it was a rare, rare rainy day we had here in Southern California and it was cold and nasty. And, you know, I, I really enjoyed it, you know, the analogy about the twisted spine, but, you know, you really did straighten us out on a, on a lot of different other topics, you know, intentionally or unintentionally. Thank you. Um, you know, I, it was a really important book for me to write it just personally for myself. So I think I got a lot of thinking, I I straightened out a lot of my own thinking as well in bringing all of that forward, so. Now, if you could, um, you know, in a nutshell, if you could sum up, you know, like I always like to give people takeaways. We have about three minutes left in the show. If people never buy your book, if they never read your thing or hear your story, what is your message? Like, what is your overall takeaway? Like, what did you want the reader to take away from this book uh, as your gift to them? So many things. If I bring it down to one thing, I'd say that with any situation, anything you're dealing with in your life, I think the most important thing is 
to start from within. You know, I say all the time, you can't live from the outside in, you have to live from the inside out. So no matter what is happening in your life, it's so empowering to go within and look at your own belief systems, at your own perspective. If you shift one faulty belief system, you shift such a huge part of your life. And I've experienced it personally where, you know, one day my life is one way. I have a Rohan session and, you know, three months later I'm in a different city. I, everything is different. I just shift so much. And it's, we all have the power to do that. You just have to sit still, bring stillness into your life, meditate, go within, just always practice in every situation, looking honestly at your own emotions and your own thoughts and how that might be contributing to anything. You know, if it be scoliosis or anxiety or problems at work, whatever it might be, you can apply the philosophies in the book to anything. So I think Mostly it's just about going within and learning to move through any situation with grace. Well, you know what? I'd like to thank you for being our guest today on Powered Up Talk Radio. Uh, the book is thehealingcurvebook.com. The author is Sarah Chetkin. Uh, we're going to be back next week with more in our spirituality series where our spiritual Tuesdays uh, next week, we are going to welcome in Jim DeBoard. You're not going to want to miss that. And then after that, we're going to bring on a Rashmi Kalani, a healer. So we've got some great shows coming up, Linda. Um, We've got a few minutes uh, or a few seconds left, so I want to thank our guest, Sarah Chetkin. I want to thank our guest, Linda Creter. And I want to thank Linda Franklin. You're always my buddy. We have so much fun. And, you know, I was excited to be on the show with you. I've had a great time with you, and uh, I can't wait to see what else is going to happen with our Soul Search Tuesdays. No, absolutely. Especially your, your experiences. They've been a wow, so I want to keep hearing about that. I know if I get any crazier, I'm going to blow through the airwaves. Have a good week, girls, and we'll talk to you next week. We're so glad you joined us for Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Sandra Beck, Los Angeles-based single mother and technology company owner, knows what it's like to be fit, funny, and fantastic in your 40s. Linda Franklin, a New Yorker with a successful marriage and prom-